Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Network Show. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me today to talk all things National Basketball Association, we have a lot to cover, Spread, is Mr. Astaire. How's it going, bud? Oh my gosh, I'm doing great. You know, this is great timing. Imagine if we had done a pod yesterday morning, how outdated it would have been, but now we're here. We can talk about the blockbuster trade because, uh, as we know, there's nothing that NBA fans love more than the games, and that's the trades. It is a pretty wild trade. We'll start there. Um, you know, when you put it all together, um, James Harden goes to the Nets. The Pacers pick up Karis LeVert. The Cavs pick up Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. And the Rockets pick up Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, Rodion Karouks, and about a million draft picks. Um <laughs> Just a, a really, really big deal here. Um, you know, as you start to unpack it, um, really kind of like an interesting little move here for the Cavs. They get Jared Allen and Torian Prince for almost nothing here. I think they had to throw in like a second round pick or something. I thought it was kind of a nice trade for them. Um, you know, what did you think of, you know, we'll talk about kind of the Nets and the impact there. Um, what did you think about the Cavs or maybe the Pacers? And then we'll talk about the Rockets maybe a little bit and then the Nets. All right, let's start with the Cavs. So they did give up Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee's 2022 first, which because of okay. Giannis and Holiday, right, that's probably going to be a, a 25 to 28. Um, it's, it's, still, it's still a nice asset, right, but it's nothing. Um, it's not like that Minnesota pick that the Warriors are holding, right? Um, mm -hmm. So they gave up that. And, and one of the reasons I think they got such a good deal is the Rockets are trying to get under the luxury tax. So by acquiring Prince and then shipping him out, um, now the Rockets are under the luxury tax. The Cavs were in a good position to absorb that salary. Um, and I've seen some arguments today on whether or not Prince at this point of his career is a net negative at the $15 million or whatever he's owed for the next season. Um, but regardless, they got a lot younger. Um, Jared Allen is definitely, you know, a top 10 center. I see that he's averaging a double-double this, double -double this year. Um, he's uh, 11 points per game, 10 rebounds per game. And uh, I think he's ninth in the league in blocks, right? So he's doing it all uh, as, as a two-way player here. And I think that the one interesting aspect for the league now is I think that Drummond has to be on the trade market now, right? Because they're going to go young. You know, they got a core. You got the two young guards, you know, Garland and Sexton. And now you're going to match him with, with Jared Allen, the potential of Kevin Porter Jr. if he can ever get his life figured out. Uh, so I like what the Cavs are doing. This is a, uh, you know, for a team that we thought would might have been relegated to, um, you know, meaninglessness for the next 10 years after LeBron left, they seem to be turning this around pretty quickly. So I thought it was a great deal for the Cavs. Uh, absorb a little salary and just give up that late round pick. Yeah, thanks for pointing out that pick. I forgot that that was um, a Cleveland asset. But you think about the pick they're going to get. It's going to be late 20s. They're not going to get a player better than Jared Allen, probably. A really nice young player. So good pickup for them. Nice way to sneak into the deal. I agree with everything there you said there. Curious to see where Drummond goes. I kind of secretly hope he ends up with the Mavericks. I think some, something like that is a really nice fit. I would love to see them get another big man to put some pick-and-roll situations around Doncic. But we'll see what happens there. Pacers, again, you know, if you start to look at them, out goes Oladipo, in comes Karis LeVert. Um, you know, for me particularly, I think when it comes to this season, I think the Pacers end up being about roughly the same. Um, I think they're going to be worse from a playoff perspective simply because Oladipo's defense is, is going to really be missing there. Um, it's... But as you look game to game, I think LeVert's going to be a nice player. He's going to generate a bunch of offense. The Pacers are still going to be really competitive night in, night out. And when you consider that Oladipo was looking to leave anyway, he's a free agent this year. So you know, to get anything for him, let alone a nice player like Karis LeVert, somebody I think we both like quite a bit here, um, what did you think of Indiana's move? I think, I think it was fantastic. Uh, from the offensive end, I, I think it's an upgrade. You have LeVert, a player whose efficiency has been trending upward uh, with Oladipo, a player whose efficiency has been trending downward. Oladipo is still obviously a fantastic player, but just not putting up the same advanced analytic stats that, that he used to when he was younger and obviously coming off that injury, um, you know, just wasn't the same player that he was two years ago when he broke out in Indiana when, uh, for the original Paul George trade. Um, so I thought it was fantastic. You make a great point on the defensive end, but I trust that this team will be able to do it because, hey, if there's anyone in the league you'd rather just funnel your guys to, it's Miles Turner right now averaging over four blocks a game so That's i think true. they're going to be able to go over that and then from the long term like cap ramifications right they were in a tough spot there with oladipo because they're pretty close to the cap so they could either resign him and, and completely go over and then they're stuck 
you know, or he leaves and they get nothing. Now with Levert, they have, you know, either he stays for two more years or if they still want to stay on the market, uh, you know, it's an asset that can be traded rather than, you know, Oladipo, who, like you said, wanted to, to go out um, most likely to begin with. So it was going to be tough to get him to stay. You know, they have an asset that either they can become part of their team or, um, you know, it's pretty attractive making $16, $17 million a year. And, and to me, is a, is a pretty efficient offensive player. Um, the concerns that you have is, I think, that we mentioned before we went on, Oladipo's a little better off the ball than Levert. I think Levert does need the ball to score. But uh, with his new coach, Nate Bjorkin, in there, I think they're going to figure this out. And uh, I thought it was a great trade. I, I think it's a great trade for every team, except for maybe Brooklyn down the line. But I think, I think that uh, – Indiana improved themselves. I think in the short term, you know, adding that extra offensive boost is going to help a lot. And then, you know, over the next couple of years, they just have a little more of a future um, in either being able to keep Levert or trade him for some assets. I think it's a nice move for Indiana specifically. Um, you know, we talked about Cleveland. I think anything really changes for me from a handicapping perspective from Cleveland. But as I start to look at Indiana, I wonder if there's going to be a little value here on them for the next couple of games. I'm curious to see how the market reacts to Old Depot coming out and Lavert coming in. I, I'm assume there's not going to be a big move, but we'll need a couple games. Curious to see what happens there. I also think this, you know, takes Indiana that was already kind of an over team this year. Um, you know, you'd You'd be up a couple of units if you just blindly bet over in every Indiana game this year. It looks like overs there are hitting about 63% of the time. So I think that number is actually going to continue to get better. So as I start to think about some of the handicapping angles here, I, I think maybe you start to look at uh, maybe some overs from Indiana as Lavert is maybe a little more dynamic scoring threat and a little more of a liability on the defensive end. What do you think there? Yeah, the only thing that I might think is that he might slow down pace a little bit because um, he can be a little ball dominant sometimes. Um, and that might offset That's true. the defense. I'll have to be able to his personal play, pace numbers. But, but yeah, other than that, yeah. I mean, uh, I think Indiana's continued to be a great over team um, just because they have a bunch of shooters. And then Turner is, is so effective on the, on the defensive uh, rim protection that they're getting so many transition opportunities. You know, because guys are blown by their man. They get to the rim. Turner shuts them down. And then they have, we have a fast break the other way. So I think that's uh, Turner's leap defensively this year, I think, is another reason that we're seeing more overs in Indiana game. Yeah, makes a lot of sense to me here. So um, that's Indiana here. You know, the next team, we'll, we'll take a look at the Rockets. Um, you know, obviously they take James Harden, someone they were clearly done with as an organization. Um, you start to see and hear some of the things that they decided to let come out from players. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, some of the stuff he was saying, John Wall, some of the stuff he was saying. It sounds like clearly the Rockets were ready to move on. Um, James Harden obviously didn't come into the season in the best of shape. Uh, he did about everything he could to avoid playing basketball until games started. So um, the mutual disinterest has ended. He is gone. And they bring in a nice piece in Oladipo against someone who is um, a free agent at the end of this year. So for them, it, it's kind of a positive in that they could let him go and take that cap space and do something with it if they want. At the same time, they have an ability to make him a nice offer um, if they want to try to retain him. They pick up just about every Brooklyn Nets draft pick, I think, for like the next five or six years, either the pick itself or the rights to swap for it. Um, pick up a couple other nice things. So just a treasure trove of assets here. I mean, and then Dante Axum and Kuroops. That's fine. They'll probably be cut or traded or or move on at some point here. But you know, what did you think about the Rockets? Um, not only from the trade, you know, how are you thinking about them looking forward as you start to look at the roster here? I mean, you have to give their GM credit for a situation where they're basically backed into the corner, right? I mean, they had to they had to trade Harden and they had to tra trade him as soon as possible because he seems like he was making things untenable in that building. Um, you know, we had seen the announcement that morning that he had been asked no longer to come to practice because he obviously wasn't on the same page. John Wall mentioned it, uh, that, you know, we got 14 guys on the same page and one guy was not. And DeMarcus Cousin was even stronger in his words, feeling that he disrespected the game and his teammates. Um, something I might have to agree with there. You know, DeMarcus, you know, we have a soft spot for him, former Sacramento King there. Um, so I think it was – I can't believe the Rockets got this haul because – Okay, I think the Nets have a three-year window here with Harden, Durant, and, you know, um, Cobra Kai Irving. Um, then you have four years where you have an unprotected or the swaps, and they, they could they can be really bad <laughs> at that point, right? Uh, after three years, Durant's going to be 35, Harden's going to be 34. Um, Durant 
probably can age pretty well. I don't see Harden's game aging that well. There was already signs that he was slowing down in the bubble as he was unable to get to the rim as easily as he used to, and it seemed like he was resorting to the step back a little more often. Um, and you you add three more years on a guy that, let's be honest, doesn't necessarily take care of his body. He's not like LeBron James putting a million dollars a year into it. Uh, even Steph Curry um, you know, seems to take much better care of himself. So I don't see his game aging gracefully. But for the next three years, he's still a top five player or you know MVP candidate or whatever you want to, to mention. So for Brooklyn, it seems like, you know, hey, if we win a ring, this is going to work out. You know, it's worth it. But if not, I think they're going to regret. And it might look like um, the Brooklyn trade, I think it was in 2013, <laughs> where they gave up all those picks for, for Pearson Garnett, where you're just sending um, picks and assets out, uh, you know, years after you've got the return from the investment. So, uh, I mean, I can't believe how, how well the Rockets did. I thought the Rockets would be lucky just to get Ben Simmons straight up, you know, <laughs> and to get right. this treasure trove of picks. I mean, you got to give the guy credit. I don't, I don't know how he did this, uh, and I can't believe Brooklyn was willing to give up so much, but they did, and here we are. And, and the Rockets, uh, you know, they're looking like the Thunder with all these picks. Yeah, and I like the team going forward. You know, again, as I start to think about what they're going to look like, John Wall, Oladipo, um, you know, Macklemore, Gordon House, they're kind of picking up the third spot. P.J. Tucker and Christian Wood. Um, uh, you know, not that they're going to be better. I, you know, I think it's going to be better without James Harden, but I think maybe you'll see more of a team atmosphere here. Um, I think that, you know, as someone that has a Christian Wood most improved player ticket, I'm not worried that this team's going to take such a big step back that I have to, you know, worry about losing that. So, um, you know, fingers crossed that Oladipo is healthy and this works out. But I think there's some nice fit here. I, I think that these players are going to enjoy playing together and it, it will be a team that I might actually find myself betting on maybe sooner rather than later. So curious to see how everyone else reacts to that. But, you know, as you start to, again, look, at these players and the pieces here do you think that um you know again i don't think the rockets will be better without james harden but is can you see yourself maybe being a little more supportive of them since they should hopefully be a little more consistent well i think we're going to break down the games later tonight and it's funny that you said sooner rather than later because i'm interested in jumping on tonight but i'll be waiting to talk to you because i haven't seen the full injury reports that's what's kept me off but yes i'm interested in this team um i think they're going to be great against the spread i think they're going to be catching you know five to eight quite often um, John Wall's improvement has been more than I expected. And, for, you know, it's funny, it's kind of a little bit off topic, but I was talking with my buddy yesterday this morning and I, and I, before I completely written off the Warriors with this clay injury, but after seeing John Wall back, come back and KD come back, I'm like, dude, clay might come back full strength. Like this, this window for the Warriors might not be closed. Like I thought it was, uh, but back to the Rockets. Yeah, I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to be fun to bet on. The, the one thing I'm thinking is. Both Oladipo and I would think P.J. Tucker maybe could still be on the trade block. I wouldn't be surprised if this team is not done yet um, making some moves there because those are two players that are a little older, and I think that they're looking, you know, maybe towards a future timeline and just completely blowing this thing up. And I think those are two veterans that could help any type of contending team, um, and they're both expiring, right? So you might as well trade yeah. them now. Um so, but yeah, I think, I think I'm going to be looking to back the Rockets as underdogs uh, quite often. I think they're going to be a great team. And I think, you know, it's funny. Did you see the, the tweet where they said building chemistry, like just basically yeah. shot it. and it's a team tweet. I mean, I think those mm-hmm. guys are like 20 years old that are running those accounts, but still, I yeah. mean, um, they basically tweeted what we're all thinking. Like, how could this not be for, for Silas, right? <laughs> how, how tough was that is your first coaching job, right? And then just for the rest of the guys to feel like, okay, it's over. Like now we're all moving forward in the same direction. I don't see how this can't be, you know, team building or, or make them feel better as a team. Um, you know, five losses in a row might ruin all that. But I think for right now, you know, the future seems bright. And I would think that uh, there's some positive vibes in that Houston practice facility this morning. Hey, you make a good point. You know, we might see some more pieces move here, but as long as this group's together, they'll be interesting. So the last team, of course, the Brooklyn Nets, they finally got their guy. We heard all offseason they were interested in picking up James Harden, and they do it. They give up basically every first-round pick. Um, I think Brooklyn now will have a stretch of, I saw a tweet earlier, starting in 2014 through 2027, they won't have any first-round picks. Um, you look at the roster now, um, out goes Jared Allen, out goes Torian Prince, and you don't think of those as maybe important pieces, but from a depth perspective, especially with a team now that has Spencer Dinwiddie, who is out for um, you know a, a period of time, if he doesn't come back healthy, what you're looking at from a roster perspective is Kyrie Irving, who, again, is not anywhere near a basketball court, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, 
DeAndre Jordan. A nice starting five, um, but we're going to see a lot of DeAndre Jordan minutes. The nice part about Jaron Allen was that you know he would take up 20, sometimes 30 minutes a game. He didn't have to keep DeAndre Jordan out there, who is you know so- someone who is obviously maybe um, built for a, a basketball from yesteryear as opposed to today. Um, you start to look at the bench, Jeff Green. I think we're going to see a lot of Jeff Green at five. I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, but it's probably a bad thing. Um, Bruce Brown, um, Timothy Luavo Caparo, um, Landry Shamit. Again, those are kind of the guys getting minutes here as I start to look at the back. It's it's kind of slim pickings here. And as a team that struggled a little bit at the beginning of the of the season, they are seven and six. Um, you know, would be in the um, play in group if the playoffs started tomorrow. I mean, Spread, what do you think? I mean, this team obviously has got a lot of star power, but how do you see it all fitting together? I mean, should there be a lot of optimism about the Nets and um just curious to hear your basketball perspective before we start looking at, at some of the reactions in terms of the futures. Yes. I mean, I'm not worried at all about the depth, right? <laughs> um, because two of the three guys can carry the team on a regular season, even one. Um, I think that Cabrera is kind of underrated. He's uh, filled the role quite nicely. Um, you know, Bruce Brown, I mean, you're just asking him to be a role player. He can do that. Same with Shamit. Um, and Sh- if Shamit even just as a, uh, uh, returns to the defensive prowess that he showed his rookie year with you guys. Um, he doesn't even really need to do a lot on the offensive end to be effective. So, I mean, and also, I mean, let's just pencil in a big from the buyout market to the Nets right away, right? So they only got to run with this DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green um, for, you know, a couple more months. And I don't really don't think it's going to be that much of an issue. Uh, the, the thing that I actually worry about it would be if Kevin Durant has to defend fives, maybe a little too much wear and tear on his body coming back from injury. So that's going to be something for Steve Nash to kind of work around. Uh, Cause I think in the playoffs, ideally that the Durant was probably going to guard fives unless they're going up against like Philadelphia. Right. Um, you know, if they're going against Toronto, he can go against Boucher. You know, uh, I'm not too worried about him against Brooke Lopez. I don't think Lopez is going to bang him around too much. That's not how that they play in Milwaukee and, and mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo. You know, he could st- keep up with him. Uh, it's really Embiid where you would, you know, want DeAndre Jordan out there with that big body. Um, so I'm not as worried about the Nets depth. And then the other thing that I've seen um, is just basically, oh, well, how are they going to fend, right? Because um, Kyrie Irvin and, and James Harden are kind of stereotyped as, as bad defenders, but I don't think they're bad defenders. I think they're lazy defenders. Um, I think when they try that they can be, I mean, they're not, they're never going to be like locked down like Gary Payton. Right. Um, but we've both seen flashes of these guys where they can be above average defenders and they can just be just fine. And they're going to be putting up one thirty. So how much defense do they really need? I mean, uh, I, I think that the defensive the liabilities are kind of being overblown. I worry more about the rim protection um, going out the door than I do with Harden and Irving on the perimeter together that some people think. I think that um, – Well, that's the, that's the big worry defensively for me. It's not having yeah. Kyrie and, and Harden on the floor. It's that Jared Allen's not going to be there anymore. DeAndre yeah. Jordan is not the rim protector that Jared Allen was. And, no. it's again, it's not just that it's Irving and Harden. It's you're going to have Irving, Harden, and Harris on the floor at the same time, uh, possibly with DeAndre Jordan again. I mean, it's you start to put them a lot. You went from a situation where you had, you know, three to four good defensive players on the floor at a time to, like, two to yeah. three maybe. I mean, if, if you really kind of build a lineup around defense, you can get there. But I would feel a lot better if these guys are playing basketball. Again, we don't know where Irving is. James Harden is clearly out of shape. I mean, and Durant has been playing a lot of minutes and he's going to have to play a lot of minutes. And I think at some point they're going to have to start resting him. So as you start to look at the regular season, you know, if they make the playoffs, which I think they will, I think there's a pretty good chance. Obviously they will. I think you're going to see a team that is um, out of rhythm. You're going to see a team with a lot of minutes that are kind of screwed up. I think that the regular season is going to be really, really tricky for them. And the reason I kind of keep hitting on this spread, you know, it's 13 to one that they missed the playoffs. No, don't do that. One injury, dude. One injury. Like that, that's a lock. One. It should be like if Kevin Durant gets hurt. So basically what you're parlaying there is that like Kevin, it's basically a bet that Kevin Durant get, gets hurt. Because if Kevin Durant get, gets hurt, this roster is terrible. I mean, if it's just know. James Harden and these guys, it's a bunch of stiffs. I mean, Irving isn't coming back if Durant gets hurt. And, and I think you're really overestimating the power of the buyout market. I mean, you look at some of the guys that are free agents now. You've got Tyson Chandler and Scalabissier. I don't know who, what centers are going to get bought out. Maybe Drummond gets bought out, but that seems kind of like far-fetched no, to me. he won't. He's too much of an asset. 
and that, they, can, they I mean, can't so. absorb that salary. Drummond's not an option for them. What Drummond's center are they getting that's going to come in and be not a negative, let alone a positive? So I just there's a yeah, lot more get, questions here that, yeah. that I'm seeing that I think maybe people are asking. Yeah, and you're right about the buyout market. We talked about that preseason that with the move to the ten teams, you know, with the plan that that mm-hmm. might make the buyout market uh, even more scant. And it's funny because we talk about the buyout market so much, you know, going into it. A lot of times none of those players make an impact at all. I think we just, you know, get so excited because we love playing NBA 2K. Everybody Chicago. remembers like the Celtics yeah. team with P.J. Brown and those guys. Yeah. Every once in a while it happens. Right. But it's, you know, again, people are talking about it like they're, they're going to be really able to fill the spot. Like, I don't know. I think there might be like 20 to 30 minutes of DeAndre Jordan every night. I think there might be 15 minutes of Jeff Green at center, like every night. Yeah, and I think it's all obviously all matchup dependent because I think DeAndre Jordan can still hold his own against slower post centers. Um, but yeah, there's certain nights he's going to be unplayable. Right, you go against a smaller, quicker lineup. Like if you go against Atlanta with Collins at five, like DeAndre Jordan's unplayable. He's he's unplayable, right? So then you're going to have to get Jeff Green out there, which I don't actually mind against the smaller lineups. Um, yeah, I mean, you just, again, remember you're going to have Jeff green playing crunch time basketball. I mean, I don't just, think that's, how do that you feel bad. about that sentence? I don't, I don't think it's that bad that with, with the, with his all, with his other teammates. Right. I mean, and it's, I think you're also, again, assuming that they all come together and they're happy and they're playing, which yeah, in, in a perfect scenario, yes, this might work out really nicely. Everybody's playing, and they're happy, and they might not well, even. I think Harden's going to be in shape in two to three weeks. I think this whole thing was a ruse. Even him wrapping himself in those towels to make himself look fat in warmups, like <laughs> it's like he obviously was just trying to get out of there. I think that the whole thing was a ruse for him being out of shape. How lazy he was playing on the court. I think the whole thing was a ruse. I think that I'm not worried about Harden at all. He's been an Iron Man. Uh, he hasn't missed games at all, really. Um, I can't remember really a significant stretch in the last four or five years that he's been out. Duran obviously is a physical worry and Kyrie is a mental worry, right? Because <laughs> that's one thing we haven't talked about. I mean, is the guy ever going to show up? So, right. Um, right. I mean, I guess well, let's think about that. So if he doesn't show up, how I'm, confident are you in the, the Nets? Team. I still love the team. I love Harden and KD at this point in their careers. I think it's so fantastic. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I think All it's right, so, be then, so much fun. This is a good segue. Then I'm looking at the Eastern Conference market. You know, the futures for the most part here. Um, the Lakers moved a little bit. They went from like plus two thirty to plus two fifty. The Nets came down. I think they were in like the five to one range, or now about three to one. But I think the market that's moved the most is Eastern Conference champion. Uh, they were basically neck and neck with the Bucks. Bucks probably even a small favorite um, right now. What I'm looking at is Nets plus one twenty, Milwaukee Bucks plus three fifty. So to, I, with all your optimism, does that make sense to you? No, it's obviously an overreaction. The plus 250 that they hung the night before, I think, was the right number, right? Because it went from plus 250 to plus 120 off the news, right? From what I looked, because I, I had a friend text me and ask me last night, so I did some quick research on the on the number moves. It was 6-1 to one for them to win the title, and it dropped to 3-1. to one. Um, And then it was plus 250 to win the East, and it dropped to plus 120. Um, th- those were the Vegas numbers. Those weren't offshore numbers. But I, it was just, you know, kind of a fun one. Um, to look at. But th- those numbers, we already talked about the Nets were going to be overvalued all year, right? Just with the name power. So, I mean, they're still overvalued. What they've done, I think, is push the value towards Milwaukee. I mean, how great is this for Giannis and company? I now? love this number, this plus 350. I, I bet this already. Yeah. I'm debating whether or not I should bet more on it. I think it's just a fantastic number. And all the pressure's off them now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. before it was like, oh, if they don't make the finals this year, like they're complete and utter failures, right? Now they have a narrative storyline to, to not make the finals, right? I mean, they're no longer the favorite in the East. I mean, I think it's fantastic for the Bucks. I think all this did was just push values on other teams. So find whoever you like. And I hate to say it because I've been burned so many times supporting your team, but there's sneaky value in that Philadelphia 76ers team. No, there's not. You really don't think so? You're not into Joel MVP Embiid? I think if you want to bet the Sixers and beat as, as MVP is, is is the way to do it. As I start to look at the futures numbers, the Sixers specifically, they're right around seven to one to win the East, eighteen to one no title. Those numbers aren't going to get any worse. So yeah. I, I think we can wait on them. I, I just I don't love those numbers. 
Look at that matchup, you know, though, with the Nets. To, though, try, right? to try to be the most optimistic, right? If, if everything comes together for the Sixers, the best-case scenario is they play Tobias the Harris them. continues to be really good offensively so right. that Ben Simmons can hide a little bit on that end of the floor at the end of games. Exactly. And then you can build a dynamic where you're running a lot of stuff off of Harris and beat pick and rolls. And when you get to the end of the game, you can even do subs where you're taking Simmons off the floor on offense for a shooter and then putting him back on the floor for defense as they do the timeout dance there at the end. Right. I think that team is really interesting. Now, is that team better than Milwaukee? I don't know. Is that team better than the best version of this Nets team? I don't know. I think they're really competitive there. I think they could punish the Nets with the matchup. I think the, you're right. And beat gets a chance to do whatever he wants at that series. If I'm sure. Brooklyn, that's a team I don't want to play. Because I, I can I can mix and move all my pieces, but Embiid's the one that just throws it all to a loop. What am I going to do? Put DeAndre Jordan out there? Like, you got to be kidding me. Like, you got to be kidding me. Well, and I love the way the Sixers can move Maxi and Tybal in and out, whether or not they need shooting or defense for the timeout dance towards the end. It's tough. The Nets are interesting because they're they're a bad matchup for a lot of these teams, and teams are bad matchups for them. So you think about the yeah. Sixers specifically. Yes, and Bede's a really bad matchup, but on the other end of the floor, I mean, is Simmons going to really be able to shut down Durant? Maybe. That's you know not the worst if, decision if you, there. But no, then what do you, you get, do with Irving and Harden? Like We don't have guys that can guard Irving and Harden. We don't have those dynamic defensive guards. But well, nobody they, does. And if you were to say, hey, give me a guy to cover Durant, you could choose anyone in the league, tell me Simmons wouldn't be in your top five. I think if you look at like the Bucks, for example, I'd might be much happier about Holiday than any option the Sixers have. As I look at Miami, if Butler's healthy come playoff time, I'd rather hit him than any guy that than they have. It's okay. And I just those are two names that are fair. That's why I said top five. <laughs> right, and but at the other end of the spectrum, right, Milwaukee is a terrible matchup for the Nets. I mean. Who's going to guard Giannis? Probably Durant. Now, Durant's going to guard Giannis for 40 minutes a night, 35 minutes a night, because that's what Bud does, um, and then have to score all those points in the other end. That's going to be exhausting. I think Holiday can match up nicely with either Harden, and they have a couple other pieces that they can throw at guys. I think DiVincenzo is probably a little underrated on that end of the floor, um, and Middleton's nice. I think he can slow one of those guys down. He actually has a lot of length to bother those guys. Um, you know, again, at the same time, though, they got to deal with those guards. I just, I love this spot for Milwaukee. So grabbing some plus 350 here on them to win the East, I think that that's a really, really nice number. What's They're the seventh to win to win the title. That seems about right. Let's I'm probably going to go to win the East because I don't even want to deal with Lakers matchups right now or right. Clippers, whoever it is. So win East, what's Philly at? Seven. Okay, that's not enough. You're right. I thought it was going to be higher for some reason. Uh, what's Miami? That's, that's what I mean. If, if that, yeah, if that floats out to 10, I, I think you definitely have to bet that, but I'm not sure we'll ever see that. Is Miami at 10 to 1 to win the East? Miami, okay, so Philadelphia, Boston, Miami are all right around 7 or 7.5 to 1, depending on where you look. Okay, just say, I let's say I gave you $100 and I say you have to make a futures bet on Boston or Philly. Which team would you choose? Philly, absolutely. I think Boston okay. is, is moving the wrong direction. I, I think that if I had to look at this, I would have a, I would spend a lot of time debating the Sixers versus the Heat and then come up with some sort of BS way to like flip a coin or something and figure that out or something. I don't know. Yeah, I, th I think the Heat are a wild Those card, are just right? about right. We loved them going into the season, but they haven't played that well to start the season, and they've kind of fallen from our radar. But they well, they've got a lot of COVID concerns and they've had some injuries. Yeah. I think that that's a team that'll, that'll look a lot different towards the end of the year. That's what I'm thinking, um, too, that even if they come in as the fourth or fifth seed like they did last year, they could be a tough out for anybody. Yeah, I love Bucks plus 350 here. I think even, you know, again, if everything goes great for the Nets, and we talked about this a little bit on Brown Bag Bets today, um, you know, spread, what would you make the Eastern Conference Finals, Milwaukee versus Brooklyn, Again, assuming Brooklyn's had a nice season, everyone's healthy. What, what, what do you put in that series line at? Who's who's the home team? Are we assuming Milwaukee? Um, yeah, let's 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 say for argument there is no home court advantage, but at this point of the season, they bubble everybody for the playoffs or something. Okay. I mean, um, you know. like I think it should be minus one ten, but there's no way that Brooklyn's not going to take money just because of the star power. So if I was like making a line, knowing that the public was going to bet them, I'd probably put Brooklyn at minus one fifty to minus one seventy five. Right, that's a number that we kind of came up with here. So you know, you're looking at Milwaukee plus one fifty probably at best, plus one twenty five to plus one fifty in that series. You start uh -huh. to look at some of the prices; they're going to be a prohibitive favorite in their first round series. I think right. they'll be a, a solid favorite in their second round series, whether that be Philadelphia, Boston, Miami, even Indiana, who's sitting there. We'll see how the things shake out. But um, I, I love this number, so I'm going to grab some bucks plus three fifty to win the East. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. And, uh, boy, some of these other numbers slide out, though. I I'm kind of interested in some of these wild cards, too. 
because, mm-hmm. I mean, you do make good points about uh, Brooklyn being vulnerable here um, if they lose one of those big three pieces. I'm going to keep looking for other odds, but I think I'm going to find a way to sprinkle Brooklyn and miss the playoffs. Again, I'm seeing 13 to 1 here. I won't do that. It's, I just, you start to think <laughs> of the possibility of an injury. Again, if Durant goes down, this, this is not even a good team. I mean, if they lose Durant and it's just Harden, Irving, and the rest of these guys, I mean, I think I rate Harden. Do they, do they win a playoff series? Anybody. I mean, Harden's been carrying a group of guys for a while. Not in the playoffs. Yeah, but this Not is the to playoffs, miss the dude. playoffs. But this is to miss the playoffs. This is the regular season. Harden's used to carrying a bunch of guys. I, I think that they're still good. I mean, they still get the Knights no, against right. Washington, Charlotte. I'm going to do it anyway, just because if it wins, I'll, I'm going to be a genius. And if it loses, I'll never talk about it ever again. Okay, cool. That's kind of like my Charlotte <laughs> over this year, which is looking pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. It's, don't get me started on, on Mr. LaMelo Ball and the nonsense <laughs> that's there. But um, we always like to touch on the standings every week. I think it's fun kind of to look through here. And, and we're starting to get closer to what maybe we thought that they would look like. Um, you know, not necessarily the order, but at least I think we have the right teams maybe here. Um, Boston has the best record in the East, followed by Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Indiana, Orlando, Brooklyn, um, those would be the six teams that would be in the playoffs if they were tomorrow. And then the play-in group would be Charlotte, Atlanta, Miami, and New York. And as I start to look at teams that are on the outside looking in, again, Toronto, still the, the one disappointment. But everybody else, you know, Cleveland, Chicago, Washington, Detroit. I mean, maybe Washington's been a little disappointing. but um, Oh, they've been really yeah. disappointing. They've been terribly disappointing. I think with the addition of Westbrook, we all thought that they were going to be in that 7-8 category, like where Charlotte is. And they're not. And I mean – uh, we're going to have a lot of fun with the pod now because Bradley Beal is now the most attractive trade target for another team trying to upgrade. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't want to swerve too far, but Simmons for Beal, how would you feel about that as a Sixers fan? Love it. Love it. I'm doing, we're going to have a podcast where I just scream and joy. I want to wear all my Sixers stuff. I'm okay. going to be jumping up and down, chugging champagne, throwing I up. I think that would be great for both teams. Wins all around. That would be terrible for the Wizards. You can't put Westbrook and Simmons on the floor together. Good God. Westbrook, I mean, just just get rid of him. But, okay, Beal's 27. You got to get him out of there. Simmons needs a fresh start. I mean. I think they're going to trade Beal. I think if you're the Wizards, you hold on to him. He's a great shooter. He's still a young player. If you see all those draft picks going out, I don't see how you don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not. If I'm the Wizards, I'm not doing that trade. I mean. At the end of the day, I think the Wizards' record will get a little better. They're three and eight here, but you know their differential is right around even. I think that um, there's a couple of close games that they've lost. I think we'll see them kind of bounce back a little bit. But you're right; maybe they've been a little disappointing. Yeah, I'm down. Western. I'm down on the Wizards. I've I've watched them plenty of times. I think they're a team that covers spreads and loses games. Western Conference: We got Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, Suns, Blazers, Mavericks, Warriors. I'm sorry, Mavericks. That's the top six, so they would be in the playoffs. And then you're playing group: Warriors, Spurs, Nuggets, Grizzlies. Um, on the outside, looking in the Thunder, having uh, they're five and six spread. They're just yeah. one spot out of the playing game. Um, and then you get your Kings, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and the Timberwolves. Um, not too many surprises there, other than Denver. I mean, again, five and six to see them. Um, at nine, I didn't realize that they had lost that many games. I mean, did you know Denver was five and six, Brett? Yeah, because um, we completely <laughs> overlooked in the offseason, didn't think it's gonna be that big a deal. Jeremiah Grant, that loss is <laughs> just Jeremy, terrible yeah. for him. When they Jeremy. need to put the clamps on, Jeremy, I'm sorry, when they need to put the clamps down, they can't do it, they just can't get a stop. So, any close game, it's like they need to be unbelievable on the offensive end to get a victory. Um, well, and I know Mike Malone from his time in Sacramento had the same issue. He preaches defense, and it just doesn't go on the floor. I'm sure as a coach, it has to be the most frustrating thing. And and there, you get the the issues with Jokic as an MVP candidate is when you basically. I think a lot of your team defense can you can just almost like for an NFL offense, look at the quarterback. For team defense and NBA, look at the the rim protector. And when you're not getting rim protection out of your center, it makes it so much harder on the other guys. And that's been Denver's issue. Um, so far i mean they can score with the best of them their highlights are fantastic i mean i love watching murray and jokic work together uh but boy they just can't get stops and i think that um you know they kind of might have been in that right place right time last year against the clippers to get that upset and we they might be overvalued still just off that uh series win against a team that was obviously imploding and had a lot of uh issues in, in inside of them 
And that's a team that's going to need a, a little more homework for me. I'll probably go through and do maybe a little scheduled deep dive, see what's been going on with them. I mean, it's but they've been a great team to bet against. Um, as I start yeah. to look at, let me see real quick here. Uh, yeah, you'd be up, um, you know, definitely an over team. But yeah, if you bet against Denver on the closing line for the season so far, you're up uh, right around five units or there, just again, just blindly fading Denver. Um, yeah. It's, it's, I think you're right. The defense has struggled. Um, you know, the offense got a rating right around 113. That's pretty nice with the defense again, 111, giving up some points. The pace is really down for them. I'm surprised that they're playing it at such a slow um, rate here. I wonder if some of that's maybe trying to fit Porter in and stuff. It's but, because of Jokic's um, usage is so ridiculous, and they run everything through the post, so you're not getting any like real quick, nothing quick, right? Yeah. So anytime they're not in transition, they go down and they work it through Jokic. So there's no way you're getting a shot up before you know, 12 seconds to go in the shot clock. I think that's why the pace is so low. Yeah. All right, Spread, you ready to jump into tonight's slate? Yeah, let's do it. In a game that, um, God, I'm not even really sure who's playing. Um, Miami and Philadelphia apparently each have enough guys tonight to play. Um, the Sixers are 10 and a half point favorites here at home. Um, opened 11, right at 10 and a half. So not much movement there. Total over to 221. So it's right now at 222 and a half. So a little movement towards the over. I don't have much of a feel here spread. I mean, as I start to look at some of my numbers, which again are very choppy for these teams, given on who's in and who's out, um, kind of lean Miami here plus the points. But I think this is a great situation to maybe uh, find something else to put my money on. Yeah, I'm not betting this game, but if I did, I would just go like, you know, old school sharp and take the points and play the under, right? Because it's just like, I don't know. These games where nobody plays are so hard, hard to handicap. It's pretty easy to just like move it right off this the schedule. So rather than going into to, to this game, because I think we both agree that discretion is a better part of valor and there's better things to bet on. Do you want to just, just talk about each team real quick and like what we expect from them going forward or, you know, like how I, mean, I, I think the we... Sixers? I think we covered them both here. I mean, I think the Sixers are going to be competitive there. Again, they really need to rely on Tobias Harris to continue scoring points here. Um, they, they need the shooters to remain healthy. Guys like, you know, Seth Curry. Who's been um, but I think they can be competitive. Right? Yeah, he, he has. So, I mean, it's, I, I think they just kind of have to get healthy, kind of have to keep everyone together here. And, you know, they'll have a chance to, Again, be a, be a kind of a terrifying team in that they're going to be a lot different than what everyone else is doing every night. Um, and that Embiid is really a mismatch against just about any center in the league at this point. And if he wants to, he can take over those games. But right. you know, again, quickly looking at the game here, I mean, looks like Curry's out, looks like Harris is out, Thibault's out, Milton's out, um, Embiid's day to day, Simmons is day to day. So I mean, that really leaves you. The only guys you know that are playing really are Maxi, Danny Green, Mike Scott, Dwight Howard. Um, just just kind of a mess there. And you know, for the Heat, Butler out, Bam Adebayo's out, A.V. Bradley and Drodick are out. So you've got Hero, Robinson, Olenek, Iguodala. Uh, looks like Precious is going to get some minutes here. Uh, you know, again, I said Olenek already. It's just really, really thin rosters here. But, um, yeah, I think the Sixers, again, have a chance to be pretty competitive if everything keeps together here. But I don't think of them as a championship contender yet. How about Miami? Uh, Miami, I, I think I feel, I feel better about Miami because, you know, they have more of an identity. And I think once they're healthy and playing together, you know, there's, there's more of a cohesion there. And again, I trust, um, you know, Spolster as a coach implicitly. So I, I think that edge and, and everything. So we'll see again, if they're healthy and together, they'll have all the chances they did last year to really kind of mess things up here. I think that they're a tough matchup for anybody every night with all the shooting and the defense they can put on the floor. All right. One more question before we move on to the next game. How would you rate doc rivers job as a coach so far? It's been okay. Um, I mean, the offense looks nice. They're trying different things. And Bede seems to be a little more invigorated in doing the right things versus shooting some bad shots. Obviously, there's been much more shooting on the floor, which is a lot more fun to watch. I've heard a lot less people complain about Ben Simmons' inability to do stuff because everyone else is doing things. Tobias Harris seems to be rejuvenated here. So, um, you know, again, a lot of it is just anybody but Brett Brown was going to make this better. But I think Rivers has done a solid job so far. Okay, cool. Good to know. All right, let's get on to the next game. What do we got? 
Charlotte, Toronto. Um, this open minus seven with a total of 221. The total's been bet down a little. 220 makes sense. These have been both under teams um, so far for this year. Um, the spread now, it's out to Toronto. Looks like minus eight, minus eight and a half, depending on where you're looking. There might even be a nine. I actually grabbed some Charlotte plus nine earlier today. I think even if Hayward's out here, I think they have a chance to keep this game close. And although it's a back-to-back, we find that that generally affects younger teams a little less. And I, th- I think that's a ch- that's um, exactly what we have here. So I was happy to grab the points with Charlotte at nine. Don't don't mind eight, but you know, definitely nothing lower than that for me. What do you think, Spread? Yeah, so I grabbed the plus nine as well. So I'm with you there. Um, here's my concern about Toronto. Uh, you know, we talked about how bad they looked and how it was such a surprise. What they start one and five, one and six. I mean, it was just a terrible start for a team that we had high expectations for. And then uh, Nick Nurse made the move that needed to be made, and that was to put Boucher in the starting lineup. And this team has looked so much better since he's been in there um, because he gives them uh, quicker defense. And then they're getting out in transition. Siakam's getting his transition points, and now he looks comfortable in the half court again, finally. Um, so he went from being, you know, uh, the outcast, not even top 50 player in the NBA anymore, to being, you know, a legitimate uh, number one option for a playoff team. I still don't think this team has any championship aspirations, um, you know, unless they did like a Beal trade or something. But uh, I think that I don't trust my numbers on Toronto because I think Boucher makes them so much better and the sample size is so low. So that's what I'd have to say about Toronto. That being said, nine is too much. So uh, I went ahead and played Charlotte here as well. Cool. So we both like the Hornets plus nine. Um, Houston, San Antonio. This is another game I don't think that you could make a play on here. Um, so I don't know playing? what the pro- um, I haven't seen any reports on that yet. Um, yeah, I haven't either. And, That's why I want I the NBA is obviously not great about that stuff, but I would assume there has to be some sort of protocol for Oladipo coming into that environment. We'll see what that go, what's going on yeah. there. So, I mean, if you find out that Houston's got Oladipo playing, I know John Walls actually had some injuries himself anyway, so he was kind of questionable. But if it seems like Houston's going to play here, I'd look. I'd love the opportunity to maybe grab them plus the points here. I know that you love um, betting teams right after uh, either a superstar gets traded or hurt. This is the absolute, absolute. you know, dynamite spot to do it. Yeah. So, I mean, if everyone's healthier, I mean, you're grabbing Houston, right? You have to. Yes, I love this spot. I mean, it's so it's so simple. You can even call it square. But I mean, we just heard the interviews where they basically said we hated playing with this guy. He was ruining our team chemistry, right? So now you said it. Here's your chance to go out and prove it. You don't think we're going to get the absolutely best effort from this team tonight uh, as they feel like a team again for the first time, I think, all season? Um, I love this spot. My main concern is just that so many people will be out. I mean, if, if I knew John Wall was playing, I would have already made the bet. Unfortunately, I do not know if he will. Um, so, and then, you know, it's worst case scenario, you know, we'll stay away. But yeah, I mean, if, if I was forced to make a bet, I'm taking the points in the ultimate. I don't know if like revenge would be the right word, but I mean, it's definitely a prove it game here uh, for the Rockets. So uh, I love it just from a motivation, you know, handicap standpoint. I think you're gonna get a playoff level effort from Houston tonight. I was clicking around just trying to find some more information again while you were typing uh, or you were talking there rather. Um, what I did find out, it looks like Hayward might play tonight. So that's probably good that's news good. for Charlotte. Great for us. Yeah. You know, as I look, no information really on all the depot on those guys, but I, I agree. If, if they're playing, um, I'd be happy to grab Houston at this number. I think, um, you know, we talk about it all the time. You know, when you're trying to handicap, it's, it's a lot of times it's more about trying to, it's more, it's about more than trying to pick the winner. It's about looking for spots where the market is over and reacting to things. And we just talked yeah. about how the market's overreacted to the nets. We think so there's some opportunity on the bucks and here, you know, the market was probably overreacting a little bit to Harden being out at least at first. So, um, agree with the angle there. Total opens at 223 all the way down to 218. Makes sense to me. Um, I'm going to stay away from that. Maybe lean over again if, you know, Houston's playing with the full deck of cards, but a lot of unknowns there. Yeah. DeRozan's playing for sure. I did, I did see that on the Spurs side, but I just haven't got any Rockets news yet. Warriors are playing Denver. Denver open minus five. Um, dipped down a little bit earlier to like four, four and a half. And it's back up to five. I got some Warriors plus five myself. I think this is a team that, um, again, the market's going to be a little bit behind on with Draymond back. They've been a lot better with Steph Curry now um, past his cornrow period, looking a lot better. Um, I think the Warriors <laughs> are going to be a much better team these next couple games here so until things catch up happy to grab some golden state plus five you know we talked about denver here and how much success you could have almost just blindly betting against them this year it's it's i think a tough spot for them i mean what do you see here spread 
Yeah, I, we, I think we talked about this in, in our chat, and I think it was pretty split, right? Half the guys are in Denver, and you and I both like Golden State. And my I didn't remember anybody liking Denver. Okay, well, maybe I know our good through. friend, our uh, good mammalian capper friend, um, he's on Golden State as well. So happy. Yeah. To be on his side. I think some other guys jumped in on the other side, though. So mm, uh, it sure. seemed to be pretty 50 50 in the chat. But I'm going to take the team that defends over the team that doesn't defend. <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> this is just unbelievable to me that I, I, I love this spot. I thought it should have been like minus two or minus three, minus five for a Denver team that. Hasn't shown any ability on defense at all. I mean, Draymond Green's going to give more defensive effort than the whole Nuggets team combined, right? Uh, my, I'm worried about Wiseman getting in foul trouble, but that's where, you know, the OG like Draymond to help him out and keep him out, maybe see some loony minutes. I don't necessarily hate that because Jokic kills whoever you put on him. So it's just like, okay, even if he does go off. I mean, he's been going off MVP level numbers. Like, I think his, like, the amount of where he's either scored or assist is like 10% higher than anyone else in the league. Like his usage to success rate is like ridiculous. And they're still only five and six because nobody else is doing anything. And they got rid of their two bit best, best defenders in Grant and Craig, and they haven't really replaced them. So uh, I think that, you know, if this game stays close, I trust Golden State to get stops. Uh, and I don't trust Denver to get stops at all. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, as much fun as we had messing around with them at the beginning of the year, he's starting to find his role. Just don't shoot outside, get to the rim. And this is the best defense we've ever seen him play in his career. So, um, you know, even though Draymond couldn't get D'Angelo Russell to play defense, he managed to do it with Andrew Wiggins. And I just love the way this team can defend uh, on the perimeter. And then inside, you know, Wiseman's getting there, but he still has a rim-protecting presence. And I think Draymond, I I didn't think he was going to be able to come back this well. I thought that maybe he'd put too many miles on his body, but he looks to me to be a top-five defender in the league still. So uh, I'm going to take the team with the higher defensive output. I think, you know, with Steph, you know, you can keep up scoring-wise. I love Golden State here. Yeah, I think that, you know, what you talk about with Wiseman, actually, uh, Draymond will probably take Jokic on the defensive end of the floor. But then Wiseman also presents an interesting challenge on the other end. I'm curious to see if Jokic is going to try to guard him now he uh -huh. does, you know, playing the more athletic player. I mean, Jokic is great. And he's smart. And I'm sure he's going to be able to, you know, trick Wiseman to doing a couple of dumb things. But I wonder if Wiseman's athleticism is really going to shine tonight as you start to look. I mean, again, I assume Draymond will end up with Jokic to let Wiseman kind of chase Millsap around or something like that. Um, but no Porter Jr. here tonight. Happy to uh, back the Warriors getting five points here. I think they're a live dog. I have this uh, game pretty close. I don't know if I'm going to play the money line, but um, love the plus five there. Yeah, same here. Finally, Indiana versus Portland. Portland open minus one and a half. Has taken some money. It's out to three just about everywhere. Total open 229 and a half. Pretty much hanging steady. It dropped down 229. Um, so only half a point there. But this looks just about right to me. I have this lined as a pretty close game. You know, it would lean under on the total if I had to pick a side. Um, okay, you know, why again, do you lean under? I don't know how to game. adjust for Oladipo, but, you know. And maybe that's what it is here. It's tough to figure out what Indiana is going to do without all the depot. So it probably should be Portland or pass. But what do you think? Yeah, because I had some people asking, asking me questions about the over and under in this game. And I told them that you are crushing totals compared to me this year. So I wanted to ask you, uh, why did you like the under in this game? Is it just a numbers thing or do you see a particular matchup? A lot of it is just, just kind of a numbers thing. Um, Portland specifically, let me just pull up here, has been a solid under team for me, kind of picking some spots. I'm just trying to see quickly you know, how they have done for the season. Um, you know, just slightly an under team overall. But every once in a while, their unders kind of pop for me. And then um, Indiana, you know, same thing here. I mean, Indiana's just been a dead under team um, this year. So, you know, as you start to look at um, – you know, some of their performances here, I think that uh, maybe that's what's driving a lot of it. Again, it's hard for me to figure out, you know, as we talked about earlier, I think losing Oladipo is going to hurt them defensively, and, and Lafert is going to be an interesting piece maybe offensively there. So I'm probably going to stay away from their totals for a little bit, but I think a lot of it was Indiana, you know, kind of driving those numbers there. So Lavert's not playing tonight, right? I don't think so. Again, I would assume with these guys changing cities and stuff, I don't know. I assume yeah. some sort of at least I, I testing or something they'd want to do. Yeah, I was handicapping it with him being out. Um, and so here's an interesting thing that I noticed in watching the Pacers-Golden State game. Um, and that's that this Sumner kid that they threw into the starting lineup. Because I'm like, okay, <laughs> Sumner starting. I don't know who he is. 
I better watch this game so I'm able to handicap him. And I thought he gave excellent defensive effort. Uh, he's quick, he's athletic, and he does his job on the defensive end. I don't know if it's as much of a, of a drop-off as that we would have expected. Um, so I actually like Sumner on the defensive end. Now, he didn't get Curry very often, right? So he got easier... He got easier assignments going against Oubre and Wiggins and Damian Lee, although Damian Lee never beat him off the dribble. He was able to, to work through off-ball screens and then just grab space and make his shots. Um, but going against Damian CJ, you know, obviously he didn't get much of a run against Curry, but going against Damian CJ, you know, he's not going to be able to be hidden like he was against the Warriors. So let's see how great his, his you know, before I claim him to be this awesome defender, let's see how good his on-ball prowess really is tonight. But – I'll tell you from what I saw with his athleticism and, and technique, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, at least an average defender, which for a guy just being thrown into the lineup, I was actually surprised to see how well he plays. So I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on. If they can get, you know, kind of a, a dogged defender in this young guy and able to come off the bench when Levert returns, I think that's going to give their coach a lot of options uh, to enable to get defensive stops. So that's something to keep an eye on. I've been loving Indiana this year. I think that they're still kind of undervalued because they are Indiana, right? And they always just get swept in the first round of the playoffs. So since we write them off as championship contenders, we don't really think about them as all. And we don't really, really realize that what a proficient regular season team they are. Uh, my main concern and the only reason I'm not, you know, just piling on here is they've been on a pretty long road trip here now. Um, you know, they played Sacramento. They played Golden State. I think where they now? This will be their before? third road game. Yeah, so the third road game, and it looks like their third game in four nights. So yeah, yeah. Kind of a, bad, a bad spot for Indiana rest wise. Yeah, so that's why it's like um, matchup wise and numbers wise, it says Indiana, but situationally it seems like a stay away um, with the potential fatigue, and then you know, I mean, just because that kid looked good against the Warriors doesn't mean he's going to be good every night. It could be the best, the best, the best game of his career. So I'm not ready to take the plunge there. But you know, if you gave me a hundred dollars and said I had to bet the game, I would take the points with Indiana. Yeah, makes sense here. All right, spread. I think that's just about everything we got. Anything else here before we wrap it? No, I mean this has been a lot of fun. I still can't believe this trade. And um, I guess you know maybe just another couple questions. So you don't think Beal's going to get traded anytime soon? Because I think that the market's going to be all over trying to acquire him now. I think they're going to get a lot of offers, but if I'm Washington, I don't know why you trade him. It's you don't have a ton of assets there. It's not like an Oklahoma City situation where the cupboard's kind of already cleaned and you have a lot of flexibility with Westbrook there. They just paid Bertans a lot of money. I don't. I don't know why you get rid of Beal. I think that's the best asset that Washington's going to be able to acquire for a long time. And he's still a young player. So I'm waiting another couple of years, probably. I'm still, I'm, I'm going to hold on to him if I'm them. Yeah. If I'm Washington, I'm trying to get one of those draft pick calls. I still can't believe how much Brooklyn got for, I mean, Brooklyn gave away for Harden. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me that, that, that new GM, what's his name? Stone. I mean, mm -hmm. credit to him. What a coup right off the bat. <laughs> So I think if you get a deal like that, you you have to move them. But I don't know how many people are willing to give up that type. I mean, they basically just mortgage their whole future for a three-year window. So I, I, yeah, just, boy, the NBA never uh, ceases to, to, to entertain. I mean, I think that we can both agree on that, right? It's the best. Well, thanks, folks, for those of you who watch. Thanks for everybody who listened. We'd appreciate a rating or review on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast because, again, these go right out as podcast almost immediately afterwards. If you're watching us on YouTube or any other video app, we'd like a thumbs up or a like there. Um, appreciate everything. You can find us on Twitter at NetworthPod. Our DMs are open if you have any questions or suggestions. Thanks, and uh, we'll be back soon.